I call this the salt shaker. And usually they're not looking at what's right in front of them. Mm. Um, they're usually looking at what you're doing, what I'm doing, what Greg is doing, what Oprah is doing. And they're trying to be that, you know, if I could have that team, if I could be in the perfect studio, if I had the right connections, I would do X, Y, Z instead of, you know, harvesting the gold, you know, as Greg would say, three feet from gold, instead of mm. digging for the gold right in front of them, they're looking out there somewhere. And that's what the problem is. When I talk with someone, I get them to come back and tell me what their passions are. What do you love to do no matter what? What do you find yourself up at three o'clock in the morning going, oh, if I only, that's yeah. where you dig. That's yes. where the goal is. All right, guys, this episode is sponsored by Orthos Footwear. Look, if you're tired of the same old shoe and soles that are too rigid or don't provide enough arch support, you've got to go check out Orthos Footwear. That's at orthos.com, O-R-T-H-O-S.com. Orthos insoles feature a premium tri-level design that provides your feet the ultimate support and energy return while aligning your feet to your body. It all starts with a solid foundation. Orthos Footwear. Well, uh, Teresa, you're a U.S. Navy veteran, producer, director, host, speaker, entrepreneur, trainer, and so much more. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you for having me. And and of course, you know, I, I wanted to join the Navy when I was a little kid. And now we're a Navy house. Our entire company has somebody associated either we served or we were a navy brat so we're a navy house around here oh that's amazing so amazing i like to kick things off by going back a bit though with my show like where did you grow up what was childhood like for you oh i grew up on the south side of chicago i was uh born in gary indiana okay. my dad worked at the gary work steel mill there with joe jackson the jackson's um father they actually carpooled to work together every day for years <laughs> And then um, it moved me to South Side of Chicago when I was three, and I grew up on the South Side. That's where I was. Okay. It was it was fun. I had a working class family. My mother was a seamstress. My dad worked at a steel mill, and uh, yeah, I was this crazy kid running around the South Side of Chicago. Wow. I mean, you actually started a business when you were like ten years old, right? I mean, what was that business, and what inspired you to start the business? <laughs> Yeah, I started my first business when I was 10. But what inspired me to, to do that is on my eighth birthday, my dad came home. And when I was in trouble, my, I had my full name. I was Teresa B. Goss for sure. Okay. But when he was in a great, great mood, I was kid. And he came home on my eighth birthday and he said, hey, kid, I got your birthday present. So I'm like, yes, here we go. Yeah. And he said, uh, I'm cutting off your allowance. <laughs> and I thought, wow, can't wait for nine, dear. dad. How is this? possibly a gift. And he said, no, you're getting a job. And I'm like, okay. And the reason was I was adopted at six months old. My parents were older okay. and they adopted me in their forties. And back then in the sixties, adopting a child at six months old is like adopting in your sixties now. Mm -hmm. And he was afraid he wouldn't make it until I was 18. So he wanted me to understand money, how to take care of myself, blah, 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 blah. Wow. So he decided I was going to get a paper route. And I thought, Hmm, I'm not allowed to cross the street by myself. I'm not allowed to leave the block. This is about to be the shortest paper route in history. So his idea was that we were going to do the paper route on his days off. He was off on the weekends yeah. and I would do a weekend route. He would follow me with the car so that, you know, no problems. And I would learn how to ride my bike in the street. 
well, see, I got a genius IQ and I knew that wasn't going to work very long. So we did that for about three weeks, two and a half. And then my dad was standing in a butcher shop one day and he saw for all you guys out there, butcher shops used to exist. They're starting to come back. Yes. He had this big brown paper that wrapped all the meat. Okay. So dad said, give me a piece of that paper. He wrote down all of my chores and he put a dollar amount next to it. And he's like, if you want to go to the movies, if you want to hang out with your friends, if you want new sneakers that are not part of school, you have to literally give me an invoice and I will pay it on my payday. My dad got paid on Mondays. And I thought, okay, we did that for a while. And then I realized as I listened to neighbors yell at their kids for not raking lawns, for not washing cars, for not shoveling snow. Hmm. So I made a little sign and I Come went on. door to door and I said, hey, if you got extra chores, I'll be glad to do them. Well, people really liked it. So I ended up hiring their kids to work with me. And that started my first business. I was doing, you know, odd jobs and I did it all the way through high school until I left for the Navy. Wow, man, that is unbelievable. What a cool story of how you got started in that. I mean, you, you said that you were in the Navy. You served from 81 to 85, I think, if that's correct there. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you again for your service there. Uh, what was it that drew you to the Navy? Because obviously there's lots of options there in the military. Uh, and then what was the transition like for you back to civil civilization, you know, going from soldier to civilian? You know, in a way, you never transition back. You're mm. always a little bit there, yeah. you know, and, and that's just the way it is. But for me, I literally wanted to join the Air Force. I wanted to go to the Air Force Academy. Okay. And I didn't want to wait. I had to wait like almost a year to go into the Air Force Academy, not thinking that it's school years, just like regular school. And when they told me that, I was like, mm, and the Navy recruiter was like, come here, kid. And I went and talked to him. And he says, you know what? Join the Navy, go. And then when you get accepted, you can transfer over. Well, no. See, the Air Force doesn't take prior Navy, and I didn't know that. Of course. So I was in the Philippines, you know, thinking, hey, I'm short. I'm out of here. I'm going to the Air Force Academy. Deuces. And then my company commander said, uh, no, you're not. And you're right here, and you will serve your term. And I went, because oh, I went as a non-designated seaman thinking that a non-designated seaman means that you don't have a job. When you mm. get where you're going, they tell you what you're doing. Okay. And I went in as a non-designated seaman saying, it don't matter. I'm only going to be here for about eight months. I got to go. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> no way. Unbelievable there. I mean, and then you, I mean, you've been in TV and radio for over 18 years. A lot of people get into this thing and, and they fail or they quit and they just don't last. I mean, but you've been very successful. What is it that has kept you driving towards that success uh, throughout those years and, and when you hit those failures throughout the time, you know, how did you get through those? Madness. No, yeah. um, <laughs> I actually got in production by accident. I okay. didn't even know I was a producer. Okay. Um, years ago, I created a magazine called Black Insight Magazine. It was the world's first all digital interactive magazine for African-Americans. Yeah. And back in the day when I was a kid, you know, when the phones were mounted on the walls, yeah, you young people know nothing about that <laughs> totally. and you had this super long cord and if you wanted to talk privately you stretched the cord out and sat in the closet yeah that's how I grew up yep. so back then when black people were on tv my mother would call everybody girl turn on channel two black people on tv and I thought okay so we started black insight magazine thinking that nobody's gonna see it nobody's gonna watch it nobody's gonna read it well 
since we were the world's first all-digital interactive magazine for African-Americans, they told some folks. And we ended up with 1.8 million subscribers in less than two years. Wow. And people would call us up and say, if I watch this video on my computer, will it blow it up? Because see, it was before YouTube and before all the stuff that we're used to now. Yeah. And cell phones were just barely past pagers back then. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, it was a little scary. But that's how I got started. And I wanted to have a radio show in there. I wanted to have fashion shows. We had... We had a, a guy in Washington, D.C. had created a, a soap opera and he ran out of money, literally on a cliff dive. The guy, a cliffhanger, the guy fell off the cliff at the end of the season and he never went back into production. So for years, people called and said, what happened next? And I'm like, he ran out of money. Just figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but somebody wow. told me, you're a producer. And I said, no, I'm a tech geek. I'm a computer programmer. This is what I do. And they said, no you're a producer and her name is Anna Maria Davis. And she took me to Hollywood for a year and introduced me to producers, directors, screenwriters, sat me on sets. You know, I was like Pavlov's dog. She would say, sit, stay. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. And I learned all this stuff about Hollywood. And I went, oh my God, I'm a producer. So wow. for 16 years, I pretty much have been specializing in directing and producing talk shows. Um, a lot of local in Las Vegas and we've done a couple of national. And that's where I was. And for years, people said, you should host. You should host. And I'm like, now, see, I put a baseball hat on backwards. I wear holy t-shirts and I stand behind cameras. This is what I do. And they were like, no, you should host. You have that personality. Well, in 2019, I said, all right, I give. I'm going to do this. We're going to do five episodes. They're going to hate it. And we'll be done. And we started production in December of 2019. We started airing in February because the rule is in television, you always want to have six to eight in the can mm -hmm. before you start broadcasting. And then this little thing called COVID hit. So I called the networks that we were on and said, hey, yeah, you know me, it's T, what's happening? Um, so this COVID thing, uh, so what do we do? Do we just wait until it's over or what do we do? And they said, look, you can either get us new shows or we'll air the same four shows we have until COVID is over. And I was like, well, it can't last that long. I mean, they're shutting down the strip. My mother yeah. said hell will freeze over before they shut the strip down. So this <laughs> is going to be over in a week or two. It can't be that bad. Well, yeah. we're great across in the year three <laughs> yeah. of COVID. So we moved it all into my house. And I became producer, director, host, water girl, pretty much everything, sat on the phones. But it became the best thing that could have ever happened because originally – we were planning on interviewing people because we're in Vegas. People come to Vegas all the time. Whoever was in town, we run over to the studio and interview them. Now that I'm doing it in my house, I can interview people all over the world. So I actually found myself interviewing somebody in Wales in the morning in Hong Kong in the afternoon. Okay. And it was just awesome. So that's how we got started. That's how I ended up hosting. And to answer your other half of this question, why do we keep doing it? Why do I keep doing it? Yeah. I'm crazy, um, <laughs> but it's also, it's given me a voice mm. that I never knew I'd have. You know, I've always wanted to be on stages since I was a little kid, teaching, speaking, that has been my thing. My family thought I was gonna be a minister. Um, so this has given me that platform. And now we're on five days a week, you mm. know? So it's, it's fun, we're gonna do 300 episodes. We'll be at 300 episodes this year. We'll cross wow. that threshold. So yeah, it's a little nuts.
Come on. And for anyone who's maybe thinking of getting into radio and TV, like what, what's a tip that you would give them? Do it. Do it. Yeah. Do it. It doesn't matter. You, you know, I tell people all the time, there's a production company in your pocket. If mm. you've got a phone, wherever mine is, if you've got a phone, you know, now these phones have, you know, theatrical edits on them. You can blur backgrounds. You can do all kinds of things. It's amazing. They're 4K cameras. Yeah. You know, most people shooting it in their studios are not shooting with 4K cameras and your phone is a 4K camera. Right. So do it. Get in front of it. Because if you're not and you're in business, people aren't reading anymore. You know, if you've got a website that has everything about you, but it's all in text and you're wondering why nobody's hanging around, it's all in text. That's why nobody's hanging around. They want to be able to see you, hear you, you know, interact with you, do it. And is it going to suck when you first come out? (laughs) Go back and look at the first four or five episodes of our show. Yeah. Yeah. It's going (laughs) to suck. It doesn't matter. You know, I love Oprah, but if you go back to when she was in Baltimore, she wasn't that great. Everybody has to do it and get in a rhythm. Yeah. And then once they do, they'll find their own path. And then, like we like to say around here, it's just following the yellow brick road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, guys, this episode is sponsored by Tranquil Turtle Massage. Tracy over there, the founder, she's a small town girl from Montana, loves God, loves her family, loves her friends, loves working out, fishing and camping. She has a passion for helping those in need and enjoys being creative with woodworking, crocheting, healthy baking, pottery and cooking. Look, she began her massage journey back in 2010 where she graduated from massage school up in Anchorage, Alaska. She specializes in her signature massages, the Hanu Infusion and the Hanu Ashiatsu, as well as the Gua Sha and Manual Lymphatic Drainage. If you're looking for a massage specialist and someone who could get you feeling good, go see Tracy down at Tranquil Turtle Massage. And while you're there, check out CDA Microblading, offering Coeur best tattoo brows, plasma fibroblast, tightening, and PMU services right there in the heart of downtown Coeur Make sure you book your appointment at pnwmobilemassage.com. And your show that you talked about, that is, that is Expert Talk with Tigo, correct? Yeah, that's Expert yeah. Talk with Tigo. Come on. Yeah, people need to be listening to that show. I had the honor of joining you on your show, and thank you so much for that opportunity. It's huge. You know, you and I, we met at Prosperity Camp last year uh, yeah. in July, and I'm so thankful that we had the opportunity to meet. But you're also a lifetime member of Secret Knock, which is super cool. And I'm bummed that I missed your talk at, at Secret Knock here back in September. Uh, <sighs> you know, I, I was not able to go because literally I got up the morning of to fly out. My wife got sick, and I said, well, I can't leave her for a few days. So I stayed home canceled my trip there. And then we met back up at Prosperity Camp, but I'm bummed I missed your talk. So what did you talk about? How was that event for you? Oh man, that was life-changing for me. You know, Mm. if anybody hasn't had the opportunity to be in Prosperity Camp or to attend Secret Knock, you know, you need to do it because it's an event that talks the talk and walks the walk. Usually people say, come to my event. All these VIPs are going to be there. You'll get to rub shoulders and elbows with the best of the best. And then you get there and the best of the best are behind red ropes mm. for 10 minutes. And you can't talk to them at all. But they usually have a pop-up in the hallway you can take a picture with. You know, <laughs> at yeah. Secret Knock and Prosperity Camp, I mean, literally Greg Reed, he's a brilliant. And he doesn't even give you name tags. Right. So he's like, you're grown. Go introduce yourself. So you find yourself standing by the coffee machine or something or out in the hallway or sitting at a table and you go, Hey, what do you do? And they go, Oh, I started entertainment tonight. 
or in the ET network. And you're like, excuse me, huh? You know, I created, you know, a Pictionary, like Pictionary, Pictionary. You know, you end up meeting these people and they're regular people. Yep. You know, at Prosperity Camp, it's in Greg's house. You got millionaires and billionaires sitting on steps on pillows, you know, in their favorite sneakers, just hanging out. That's an amazing opportunity. And to be able to be on that stage, I hope, Greg, if you're listening, I want to come back. I hope I can come back again. But I got the opportunity to sit down with Greg and he interviewed me and we just talked about, you know, the power of technology and media and it connected me with the room. You know, that happened, what, eight months ago, something like that. Yeah. And now I go to other events. You know, I'm at Bill Walsh's event. I was in New Jersey the other day. You know, I was in Miami and people are like, yo, Tigo. (laughs) And it's because they met me or saw me Mm. at Secret Knock. Yep. You know, it, it was an amazing experience. I would never, ever change it for the world. And I'd go back if Gray called me at midnight and said, hey, I need you here at seven in the morning. I'd be like, okay. Back it up. Yeah, right. <laughs> here we go. That, that's awesome. Yeah, I can attest Prosperity Camp, probably the, the coolest event that I've ever been to and, and been blessed to go to two of them now. And uh, I, you know, just so amazing to just to be able to connect and network with people that you know, they are millionaires and billionaires. And I'm walking around going, man, I, I don't know if I deserve to be here, but these people are amazing, man. And I get to just talk with these real people. Right. And so, so much fun. Well, let me, let me interject right there because yeah. one thing I noticed about Greg, he's very strategic in his logic. He's very to the point. He doesn't mess around mm-hmm. and he brings the people in that he wants. in. Yeah. There are people that I have met that have quite a large bank account that have never been invited to secret knock mm. that have never been invited to prosperity camp. And that's because Greg and his team has decided maybe they don't fit right now. I don't know. But if you were there, you were meant to be there, Yeah, you know, and that's, that's an amazing thing about what he's doing. Most people don't take that time. It's whoever can afford the ticket. Yes. You know, you want to buy the ticket, come on in, you yep. can come on in. You know, Greg is more, that's why you have to apply to yes. go to Secret Knock. You can't just go and buy the ticket. You have to apply. Mm. So I love that. So yes, you and the most awesome beard in the world <laughs> was supposed to be there. That's awesome. Awesome. Uh, now, one of the other things you do is you assist entrepreneurs, on influencers, in and more really in growing their brands and their fan base. When you're talking with entrepreneurs, though, and they come to you, what are, what are things that you that they're not doing to grow their brand? Usually, and and I call this the salt shaker, and I can tell you that story later if you want, but I call this the salt shaker. And usually they're not looking at what's right in front of them. Mm. Um, They're usually looking at what you're doing, what I'm doing, what Greg is doing, what Oprah is doing, and they're trying to be that. You know, if I could have that team, if I could be in the perfect studio, if I had the right connections, I would do X, Y, Z instead of, you know, harvesting the gold, you know, as Greg would say, three feet from gold, instead of Mm -hmm. digging for the gold right in front of them, they're looking out there somewhere. And that's what the problem is. When I talk with someone, I get them to come back and tell me what their passions are. What do you love to do no matter what? What do you find yourself up at three o'clock in the morning going, oh, if I only, that's where you dig. That's where the gold is. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's so true. 
I think, uh, you know, a lot of people, they just, they start comparing themselves to other people instead of focusing on what's right in front of them. So good. Now, as I was doing my research on you, I noticed Uh and found that you've lost 75 pounds in your fifties through doing boxing. This is so amazing. Like, what was that journey like? And and what was the motivation behind, you know, going into boxing and doing that versus, you know, doing other just cardio and things? Well, let me preface this by saying, thanks to COVID, I've gained 45 of that back. And I start boxing again on March 12th. Come on. So I have not boxed since March 3rd of 2020. Okay. Um, and now I'm going back. So pray for me because my coach is going to kill me. That's um, amazing. You know, but I have always been a boxing fan. My dad was a boxing fan, you know, all the way back to Ali and, and even before him. Um, and I always wanted to learn. I actually walked in in my 30s and my 40s in the boxing gyms they don't want to look at, you know, females in their 30s and 40s. They're like, get out of here. You know, this this isn't for, you know, you get out, get out. Mm. Well, I happened to interview my coach, Townsend Carter, and he was on one of my shows that I was producing, and he has a program for Parkinson's patients. It's called Dopamine Boxing. And he takes Parkinson's patients, and literally they go from being on walkers and, and canes and in wheelchairs to being able to catch a football as he tosses it to them. And it's, he works with them one punch at a time, one step at a time. And when I had him on the show, after the show was over, I said, man, I've always wanted to learn boxing. He said, oh, come on by the gym. And I said, okay. And he gave me the card. And I thought, he's not serious. I'm not going to bother him. He's not going to do it. And about 72 hours later, he called me, said, all right, it's been three days. You coming or what? And I said, okay. (laughs) And I walked into that gym, true story on two canes because I have artificial knees, thanks to the Navy. And I walked in on two canes at 268 pounds. And he said, we're going to start you like a Parkinson's patient. We're going to go from the floor up. He said, get down on the floor. And I looked down at that floor like it was 100 miles away. I couldn't remember the last time I sat on the floor. And I said, that floor? And he said, yeah. I said, how do I get down? He said, let me worry about that. And for three months, he picked me up and put me down for three months until I could do it myself. And the first time I put gloves on, I did 10 punches, 10. And I was like, oh, oh. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I did 10, I'm done, coach. He was like, are you insane? (laughs) (laughs) Well, fast forward two years down the road, my birthday, it was my 55th birthday. And for my 55th birthday, he wrapped my hands like a professional boxer with the mud and the whole thing, it was awesome. And then he cut them and framed them. I still have it. Um, But we did the 10,000 punch challenge on the bags. He put counters on my wrist. And the whole team did 10,000 punches for my birthday. And we did it in 21 rounds. And, you know, so it, it became it became my thing. I'm the snapping turtle with the team and everybody cracks up about Grandma Turtle. And I just got to get back there, man. I got to get back. That's my family. So, yeah, now that this COVID thing and everything is kind of becoming a part of our lives, yeah. I can't wait for it to be over anymore. I got to go back and get killed. He's going to kill me when he sees me. Yeah, he's going to kill me. <laughs> so awesome. I'm excited for you to get back in there for sure. I love to finish my show off with asking a fun question. I'm okay. a big music guy, so I love to ask the question, like, who's a favorite band that you like to listen to or what type of music do you listen to? You know, I listen to everything from country to jazz to rock and roll and on and on and on. Um, for me, I'm a Motown kid. That's how I grew up. So pretty yeah. much anything Motown is motivating for me. 
Um, and love then it. speaking of boxing, one of the songs I used to love was the Sugar Hill Gang. I love that song. It's super long. And that's the song that I do mitt work with my boxing coach because it's super long and I hate it. So he's already playing it because I'm coming back. He's like, get ready. Get yeah. Ready. So Sugar Hill Gang. That's also a fun side story. I actually used to live out in Seattle and I would go, I lived right by the EMP. So I'd go to the EMP and drink beer all the time, just, you know, to kind of chill out at the end of the night. And one night the Sugar Hill Gang was there eating dinner and I got to meet them. And it was the coolest thing ever. They were the nicest guys. I saw them and I was like, that's the Sugar Hill Gang, man. I just went up to him like, man, and this is before I had a cell phone or anything. It was just like, hey, can I get you guys to sign this? Like, I just want to say you guys are awesome. And they were the coolest right in the middle of dinner. Like, yeah, no problem, man. Sign a thing for us, for me, man. Yeah, absolute great experience to meet those guys. That's amazing. <laughs> now I need your autograph again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Teresa, it's such an honor to have you on my show. You're an absolute world changer. I love what you got going on. I'm excited to see you again at Prosperity Camp sometime this year. Uh, I'm, fortunately, I'm going to miss Secret Knock this year, but I will see you at a Prosperity Camp for sure. Thank what? you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. You're going to miss You're going to miss Secret Knock this year? It is actually my wife and I's 17 year anniversary. So I cannot skip out on the anniversary. Okay, well, that, to go to that, that might be a slight <laughs> bit more important than, okay. I'll I might not be married if I went down there and, and uh, skip the anniversary. Or so. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's not right. do that. That is awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. You know, I love having you on. You got to come back onto my show. And this is just fun. And for everybody out there, all of the people that watch your show, man, you provide some amazing people and some amazing information. I hope I contributed maybe a couple of grains of sand today. Oh, so much, so much. Hey, thank, thank you, you so much, much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to take a listen or watch. It's truly an honor to be able to speak with such amazing guests, and I hope that they've made an impact on your life in some way, shape, or form. And you can do me one big favor. That would be huge. Click that subscribe button, and then second favor, hit that share button. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you. Keep changing the world. I believe in you.